Hi. I know I normally start these videos with a warning about material that might be disturbing or unsuitable for some people, but this time I'm giving you even more warning. This video starts with the actual audio recording of the pilots in today's accident story dying. It's disturbing and not just for children. If you don't want to hear that, then click away now. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it, and it's pretty horrible. Yes, those were grown men screaming in fear as they faced death. And no, it isn't a scene from a movie. That was an actual cockpit recording of the moment an airplane crashed and burst into flames. The audio gives a chilling impression of what the last few minutes were like for the crew piloting the plane, as they knew that a crash was imminent and unavoidable. But how did they come to find themselves in such a terrible situation? Welcome back to Air Scare Stories. Today we'll be looking at the deadliest, and frankly one of the saddest, aviation accidents to ever befall Mexico City. The crash of Western Airlines Flight 2605. Before we get started, please don't forget to hit the like and subscribe buttons if you want to see more videos like this one. It really helps to keep the channel going. Thanks. It's the 31st of October, 1979, and the flight known as the Night Owl, aka Western Airlines Flight 2605, is making a scheduled international passenger flight from Los Angeles, California to Mexico City, obviously in Mexico. The aircraft for the flight is the infamous McDonnell Douglas DC-10. Yes, another video about a DC-10 crash. If you've been following the stories on this channel, then you already know that this plane seems to come up a lot. See some of the links in the description. Anyway, back to today's story. The wide-body DC-10 being used for today's flight had only rolled off the McDonnell Douglas assembly line six years earlier in 1973, but had already logged an impressive 25,000 flight hours. Manning the plane is Captain Charles Gilbert, assisted by First Officer Ernst Reichel and Flight Engineer Daniel Walsh. In addition to this flight crew were 10 cabin crew members and 72 passengers, bringing the total number of people on board to 88. This routine flight was fairly uneventful for the most part. The pilots had done their jobs well, Mexico City was almost in view, and the passengers were already anticipating arriving at their destination. All the pilots had to do was land the DC-10 in Mexico City, and it would just be one more routine flight for them. So at what point did the situation in the intro play out if the flight was uneventful and they were already about to land? Well, it was still twilight as they approached the airport in Mexico City, so the visibility out the cockpit windows was relatively low. To make things worse, the airport was also becoming more and more shrouded in fog. But all things being equal, this was no problem for most pilots, especially a crew as capable as the one flying this DC-10. All they had to do was program their flight computer for an ILS approach, and the plane would be guided automatically to the runway's threshold. Today, however, all things were not equal. On the 19th of that same month, that is about 12 days prior to the current flight, the airport had issued a NOTAM, or Notice to Airmen, about resurfacing work being done on runway 23 left, which would leave the runway closed until further notice. This meant that Flight 2605 couldn't use that runway, so they'd be forced to use runway 23 right instead, which didn't have any ILS equipment, meaning they'd have to manually land their plane. This presented the pilots with a challenge, given the fact that the sun wasn't up yet and they couldn't really see much due to the fog. 
With an ETA of 5 to 10 minutes, air traffic controllers at Mexico City International Airport cleared Flight 2605 for an instrument approach using the Instrument Landing System, or ILS, for Runway 23 left. Confused yet? Well, Runway 23 left was still closed, but air traffic control expected the crew to use the ILS for Runway 23 left as a guide, but that when they were low enough and could see Runway 23 right, they'd perform a sidestep maneuver over to the open runway. This should have been easily manageable for the pilots, but communication with air traffic control at Mexico City was less than stellar that morning. Throughout the communication with ATC, the controllers failed to mention the required use of this sidestep maneuver, which would have made things much clearer to the cockpit crew of Flight 2605. Although the crew was cautioned at least four times that they were supposed to land on runway 23 right, the failure to mention the sidestep maneuver, or use words that would allude to it, could be seen as a major factor that would contribute to what happened next. Although the pilots had previously landed in the same airport while runway 23 left was under renovation, they were not under the same visibility and weather conditions. As of 5 a.m., the weather report stated that the visibility was about two to three nautical miles. While on final approach, the captain states, we're cleared on the right, is that correct? To which the first officer responds, no, the other runway. He later realizes they were not on the approach to the right and states, no, this is the approach to the goddamn left. The first officer acknowledges this and requests to climb back up to 8,500 feet, probably so that they could go around and line up to land on runway 23 right this time, which was the one they were supposed to land on. But with the aircraft traveling at a speed of 130 knots, the plane's landing gear suddenly touched down, way off to the left of runway 23 left. The right gear touched down on the runway's left shoulder, and the left gear was off in the grass. At this point, the crew decides to abort the landing and apply go-around power. But before they can get the massive plane back up into the air, they feel the force of an impact, which sends the crew into a frenzied panic. The first officer calls out to the captain, Charlie, get it up! Go up! Unknown to the crew, the right main gear of the plane had struck a dump truck loaded with at least 10 tons of earth and gravel, leaving the driver fatally injured. The plane had also suffered significant damage from the impact, as most of the landing gear had separated from the aircraft and struck the right horizontal stabilizer. With full takeoff thrust still engaged, the massive plane finally manages to start climbing back up into the air. However, the plane now begins slowly banking to the right, which makes everyone panic again, knowing how low to the ground they are. After just a few seconds, the right wing strikes the corner of an aircraft repair hangar, fracturing the DC-10's right wing and causing extensive damage to the hangar. With only a partial right wing, the plane then finally crashes into an Eastern Airlines service building just north of the runway and bursts into flames. All this occurred within 26 seconds of the plane first touching down off of runway 23 left instead of on runway 23 right. The final impact had the most devastating effect, as it destroyed the structural integrity of the plane and sent the left wing careening off the airport grounds into a residential building on Matamoro Street, starting a fire there. Back at the airport, the two-story Eastern Airline Service Building was severely damaged by the impact and fire, which consumed most of the airplane as well. 72 of the plane's occupants died,
but 15 passengers managed to survive alongside two crew members, bringing the total number of survivors to 17. Initially there were 18 survivors, but the number dropped when one of the survivors died in the hospital two weeks after the crash. The majority of those who survived were found in a 20-foot long section of the fuselage that somehow managed to not catch on fire. Aside from those on the plane, it's estimated that at least 30 people on the ground were hit and hurt by flying debris from the plane. Some say that two people died on the ground aside from the truck driver, but there are conflicting reports about that. After the accident, Mexico City International Airport was forced to temporarily shut down completely. Investigations were carried out by the Directorate General of Civil Aeronautics, the Mexican equivalent of the NTSB, and they found that the probable cause of the accident was non-compliance with the meteorological minima for the approach procedure as cleared, failure to comply with the aircraft's operating procedures during the approach phase, and landing on a runway closed to traffic. However, this was refuted by the Airline Pilots Association, the largest pilot union in the world, stating that the report of the investigation by the DGAC was lacking depth and detail and that it was laden with significant errors. Though they did admit that the pilots had landed on the wrong runway in the face of published minimums. They asserted that the crew were probably confused about what was required for the sidestep approach as they had done everything right up to that point. The decision height at which they should have initiated the sidestep maneuver was 600 feet above the ground on their final approach, and runway 23 right was supposed to have been in sight by that point. But if you've been following everything I've said so far, you know that that's pretty unlikely. The crew ended up going much lower and continued their approach all the way to the ground just off of runway 23 left. Like all aviation accidents, this one brought about some safety changes and recommendations from aviation authorities to prevent an accident like this from ever happening again. The NTSB, for one, required mandatory printing and distribution of sidestep approach procedures in general, as well as specific runway approach procedures for airports that involve them. Maybe if those had existed in 1979, the passengers and crew of Western Airlines Flight 2605 wouldn't have met such a horrible fate. If you like this video and want to help me so I can keep making new ones, please consider donating on Patreon. I would be so grateful. Is there an aviation story you'd like me to cover? Leave it in the comment section below. Thanks so much for watching and I'll see you on the next Air Scare Stories.